0: Okay, cool. So we start then?
1: Yes. Let's start. Whose turn whose turn? I to don't introduce? remember. Is it my I think it's my turn? Welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast, episode six. With me, Sebly Delisle. And <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, sorry, and me, Ian Love.
1: Yeah, I thought this was going to be a bit more upbeat this time, this episode, after last week's sleepy episode. You've got coffee and everything, right? I've got coffee, I'm well rested, Um, I'm in good spirits. So if today's is sleepy, we've got no excuses.
0: I have got some movement in the background there
1: special guest on today's podcast special guest Amanda Ian's wife
0: Amanda tell me about the recent work you've been doing with um, rubbish bins Amanda. yeah is well, there a huge bin in the office okay bye right okay cool yeah more more upbeat than last time yeah just a bit more upbeat less
1: editing less of our magic speed up button
0: <laughs> I don't you can't tell them about that that'll ruin the illusion okay ruin the illusion forget about that cool
1: Zoe, how are you doing, Ian?
0: I'm all right. Um, You've been busy? Yeah, good. I've been doing doing admin all day and, like, admin is just so dull. It really breaks your head. Yeah, you know, like, invoices, expenses, uh, tax stuff.
1: It's so boring. Application
0: forms for things. It's
1: so dull. so I've just got a contract through from America um, for some work that I've already done. And I have to, like, print it all out, like, 15 pages, two contracts. And I have to sign it, and then I have to scan them every single page back in and send it to them.
0: Yeah, I didn't tell you this, right, but what you do is you just, are they PDFs? Yeah. Just open them in Photoshop, Uh and then photo sign some bits of paper and scan them in. Stick them on. Stick the, like, overlay the signature onto the document, and then you just save it as a PNG out of Photoshop. That's a good idea. And then you save the environment. I like because it. You didn't have to print all this stuff. I'm sure I mean, pr- the idea of printing something out just to scan it back in to me I is know, so, so idiotic, stupid. isn't it?
1: But they've sent it but... to me already as a scanned in uh, document that that they've signed, and then they've put it into a PDF, a multi-page PDF, and sent it back.
0: How do you know that they haven't already done the thing where they added the signature digitally? Well, it because does, once I once s- I got a contract as a PDF and I opened it in Photoshop and actually you could see that the, the signature was another layer mm, interesting because it had a white box around it whereas I mean, this, everything else didn't
1: This definitely looks like a genuine scan because you can sort of see paper texture.
0: Yeah but I, I when I do it I add that stuff to make it look <laughs> more attractive. Yeah or I was thinking if I had
1: acrobat I could just like <laughs> slot a page in. But anyway, I'm sure our, our listeners aren't interested in our various administrative problems. And your owl game, what's going on with the owl game?
0: Owl game basically is it's on Flash Game License, it's on something called last call, which yeah. means that um I will accept the current best bid if there aren't any future bids. It's like saying it's like basically the last three days it's saying, Right, you've got if you really want it, you've got seventy two hours, otherwise I'm gonna accept this bid. Yeah. Okay, um, so three it's days been, left. So so far for owl that didn't attract spin. any extra things. So it looks like it's going to sell to who it's going to sell to. Okay, well that's exciting. So that's but that's good, and for me it's really proved that I can do it. Even though it's like not you know especially great money. It's not the money I would normally make yeah. doing things. It's like if I could get out what, like a one of them, if I could get out a few of a couple of them every month and stuff, it'd be enough money to live on. And which is great. Um, Yeah, certainly more interesting, because I'm a bit of a... I don't know if you read my blog post, which was I was in kind of a slightly strange mood. I tweeted it. Yeah, you did, yeah. Um, Thanks for that. Um, That's all right. I thought it was quite uh, an interesting blog post. Yeah, but I mean, it was in the middle bit, it was quite interesting because it was where I was talking about just basically like looking back at kind of a 10-year career and just thinking what in there is actually represents the best thing that I can do. And it's, the answer is nothing, really. <laughs> There's no one bit of work that I've got, though, that I could show someone that I'd say, yeah. this is what I can do, basically. like Maybe a few years ago, it would have been like the metaphors thing that I did, but I think I've moved on a lot since then. And Yeah. I mean, that's, I have a similar sort of problem
1: as well, really, because I don't get much time to actually do projects anymore. So it's kind mm. of like a, most of my work now is like speaking or training or whatever. And It's like the only time I get to do a project is just a little demo to learn something. Like all I've really got to show for the last year is kit and conveyor belt. And that's not, <laughs> that's not that doesn't really reflect what I'm capable of. <laughs> no, it's
0: funny, isn't it? Mm. I mean, like, for me, like, a lot of the consulting stuff or, you know, contracting freelance work I do is, like, kind of white label, so I can't actually tell people that I've even done it. Yeah, so you can't even mention it. No, so, but some of it I can. Not all of it I do mention. I tend to actually, that's the weird thing, is, like, when I was working back at Block, I would really, like, you know, I could talk about every project and it was really nice. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the projects were probably a little bit more interesting than some of the stuff I've done since. But some of the stuff I've done, you know, since I've been freelance is good. But yeah. But anyway, it's like once you start making your own things and you can do that, it's just like it's just such a different thing. It's like I never just I look forward to kind of sitting down at my desk and getting started with it. Sure. Which isn't always true for for client stuff. Of course. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. All of Ian's clients. (laughs) (laughs) He loves you really
0: yeah no i do i love my clients they're all lovely but um
1: so i have some yeah. news yep our our rating on itunes has gone up to five stars yes bring it on so thank you everyone i also noticed in america we've got fewer re- reviews but um still the same number of stars so that's pretty good going isn't it it's brilliant yeah yeah thank you americans thank if you, you want to uh, write a review please do yeah but. that's cool um what else has been going on Oh, we had some comments last week, but that was mainly from people who wanted uh, an Open Frameworks podcast. Yeah. And we've got uh, a very well-known member of the Open Frameworks community on our next episode, but we'll keep that secret until he
0: definitely shows up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a secret. We're not going to reveal it. It's um, our mystery guest.
0: Otherwise it'll be otherwise it'll be you. You'll be the famous expert. Well, Speaking I'm, of which, your your first Open Frameworks project, you finished it, didn't you? And did yeah, you? I did. And how how did it go? It was really cool, actually. I'm
1: I'm I'm won over by Open Frameworks. I think it's brilliant. Um, so I basically had like two weeks to do this project and it was working with a choir community choir here in Brighton called Hullabaloo and there's about Mm -hmm. 80 or 90 of them and it's a community project so if you want to join the choir you just have to show up for a whole term and you're in the choir and and right. you sort of think, How on earth can that be a good choir? But it really is. It's a really good choir and um Kirsty Martin runs it and she's a, a total tour de force. Um, in empowering all these people to find their voices. It's brilliant. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to project on the choir in real time Using um, motion detection and the sound of the audio to actually trigger visual effects in real time. Mm-hmm. So that's based. That was basically my plan. I didn't really have too much idea of what I wanted to try. So I when want- you say
0: project onto them, yeah, onto their faces, onto their bodies.
1: Yeah, it was it was everything. Um, so right. we had quite a big projector. It was at the Salis Benny, which is a, a venue here, probably seats about two or three hundred, but really reason- right. quite a nice theatre space. And we had a big projector. Um, so we just projected onto their, their whole bodies and we, we got them to wear sort of light colors. Mm-hmm. My original idea was that I'd pick out their faces, which I did do. So I had this, I built this system where, well, basically I had an infrared light and an infrared camera, which I bought. Yep. I bought an imaging source camera, which is a Firewire camera, but it doesn't have an infrared filter in it. So um, I can put an infrared pass filter on the lens and I, then I only see infrared. <laughs> So that way. Right, so
0: sorry, you got some beeps. Yeah. No,
1: there's just some car
0: outside beeping. Yeah, so so why why not for red? Well, and didn't you have did you have some problems setting it up or something? The camera. Um. Yeah. So I
1: got this imaging source camera, which is just this little blue box. It's a high resolution camera, and you just plug it in. It's FireWire. Um. But it's pretty good quality. Uh, I wasn't sure about the lens, so I got a lens which is very focal and it, although it was 150 pounds it was still that's a cheap lens right? right and so it was pretty difficult to get it into fo- in focus but the reason i used infrared was because i was detecting motion and i didn't want the things that i was projecting to look like motion so if you have an infrared pass filter on the camera then it blocks out all the light that's coming from the projector
0: oh i see so the so camera similar doesn't to see the way what your projector works right
1: um, it's not really similar. The only similarity oh, no.
0: is that. So no, yeah. So not. So basically, you just needed something that was invisible. You just needed to make something so you could see the people, but not the image you were projecting onto them.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. So you didn't it.
0: get a kind of feedback loop of. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's that's why I used infrared.
1: So I mean, then of course the problem is finding. In, well, the first thing I was worried about was that the projector might project infrared light. But in the end, it wasn't an issue at all. Um, I couldn't see anything out of the projector at all in the infrared camera. So that was fine. But then I had the problem that there wasn't really enough infrared light to see the choir. I did have this um, infrared LED array, this sort of light, which is super bright, but it wasn't really good enough because it was a totally narrow beam. Is infrared not just heat? No. (laughs) Um, Isn't infrared radiant heat? I, I think, I you know what, I'm not enough of a <laughs> physics expert to, to know, but I think that, well, it's just on one extreme end of the light spectrum, right? So mm. is it? Um, but when
0: you see a thermal camera, that's infrared, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe
1: Presumably it's one of the infrared bands, but it's not the same yeah. band that I use. Maybe a low,
0: Maybe it's much higher energy or lower energy. Lower frequency maybe is infrared at
1: the low end of the spectrum. See, we're right back in infrared in ignorance corner again, aren't we?
0: This <laughs> is like science ignorance Yeah, corner. I've just this got no matter. idea. I just know that I'm infrared... I'm pretty sure that like ultraviolet is just above the visible spectrum and then infrared is just below. Yeah, right. Okay, so
1: we're, we're guessing that ultraviolet is higher frequency and infrared is lower frequency. So I don't know. Maybe these magic waves that are light waves become heat at but, particularly low frequency. I have no idea. But there's
0: different. There's energies and things, isn't there? As well, like it might be that it's lower energy. Physics you know, experts, like... <laughs> right in. Well, you, know, let a heat, let us know. you know a heat camera. You know a heat camera. Yeah. You can see someone on a heat camera and you can see what the temperatures of the different parts of their body. Yeah. Because they're emitting radiation, basically. Okay. Electromagnetic radiation. Because if it was the other kind of heat, which is like um, convection. Yeah. Which is like where you get warm because warm air circulates around.
1: So light is EM as that well, isn't travel... it? travel.
0: What's that? Light is EM light too. electromagnetic yeah. radiation. Yeah. It Just starts different down things frequency. like gamma rays and... And alpha particles and stuff. Did you study and this then, stuff?
1: I never learned this I, stuff.
0: I did I did A-level physics oh. but it was a long time ago. Oh. So I so I did I did once know all of this stuff, but I got a B yeah. in my
1: physics G C S E
0: Yeah, so I did once. It's funny because it's funny when we talk about games physics. Yeah, what we really mean is mechanics. Like we really mean like Newtonian mechanics. We don't mean physics at all. You never do like electromagnetic inductance or like uh, you know any of the any ninety percent of the physics textbook. You just do mechanics. Yeah, and even then Mm. it's probably fake.
1: Um, My stuff is.
0: Well, it is fake. I mean, what's fake and what's, you know, it's, well, it's a model, all fake, isn't it? I suppose. My model is fake it? because, you know, even Newtonian mechanics doesn't hold up at an, an Einsteinian level, does it? <laughs>
1: Anyway we've totally been derailed. Where was I? <laughs> right so infrared camera um, and not enough infrared light. I had an LED array yeah. but it was such a narrow beam that even from way back at the back of the theatre it's still only projected on an area like 8 foot wide. So um, but I found that the normal lights, the pile cans, they project out loads of infrared uh, light. Right. Um, But the technician I was working with seemed unwilling to uh, do what I asked, which was to put red, green, and blue gels on the lights to stop all the visible light coming through, and just have Ah, infrared. Um, He said when he tried it, it melted the gels. I don't yeah that makes sense because each each gel would absorb all the light and heat I suppose well
0: yeah so each gel would absorb the energy and turn it into heat yeah and then if you do that three times it's going to be three times as hot so yeah yeah
1: so I haven't quite (laughs) but I just said to him can't we just do it and have the lights lower because the the lights chuck out so much infrared so yeah basically he just had some like red lights which were kind of dim but I really wanted the choir to be in total darkness but because I needed to see them a little bit he had to put some light on them which mm. was ideal so but the interesting thing was that he had these other lights and i'm not sure what technology they use but they're completely programmable they can be any color at all uh and Ooh. they're they're computer controlled in terms of which way they point and which color they project but yeah. we thought oh well we'll just stick them all over the place and my infrared camera just couldn't see them at all so no infrared oh. light out of those at all so that was kind of interesting Originally, I wanted to do face detection on the choir, but I couldn't figure out how to get face detection to be that reliable. Right. And also with varying sort of light. Does, sort of light sources and darkness and image does, quality. Does um,
0: face detection like come with open frameworks?
1: There's a um there's the OpenCV um library that comes with it and there's a a Haar finder. Do you say it Haar H A W R? I think you say no, it Haar. No. It's like the Haar pattern recognition algorithm which someone's implemented. So it does come with it. Um but I could not quite figure out how to get it to Uh, to work reliably so and it's very slow as well I mean it's 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 not you can't really run it real time it sort of takes maybe a second or two seconds especially on a high-resolution image so I think there's probably some stuff I've got to learn in terms of getting that to run fast um, so in the end, I just made an interface. I basically mapped the image of the camera onto the projection projection area so that I, know yeah. I could basically map the areas of my image onto areas that I projected. So I made up this interface where I could drag little squares around and match up people's faces manually. Okay, cool. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then basically I just had this... Um, Uh, fast Fourier transform you know the audio spectrum analysis you run this FFT algorithm and you get um, like a spectrum of frequencies Mm -hmm. So that way I could apply different frequencies to different faces and I'd have them all light up. It basically just responded to the audio of the choir. Um, So there's a few effects. There was just like um, glowing blobs on their faces, which reacted to audio. And then I just implemented a load of particle effects, you know, sort of smoky effects and Um, sparkles and stuff like that all that responded to the audio and then the motion detection stuff I created a sort of feedback loop which created a kind of like fiery sort of effect maybe Mm -hmm. with different settings um, and you could adjust it to be different speeds and stuff so yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. It was a bit frantic, two weeks. I think creatively I could have done probably some more with it. Um, and also having been through all that, I learned a lot of stuff about how I'd light it and also what motion detection looks like on a on a shape that complex, as you know, it's a really complex shape, all those people. So it probably, that sort of motion detection waves probably looks better with a single person moving around,
0: or three or four people rather than 90. Yeah. Um, Are are there any videos or stills or anything that we can see? I took
1: a load of video and I'm hoping to edit that next week. So um, I'm going to do a blog post all about this. Oh, great. So in terms of open frameworks, you know, it was a pretty heavy learning curve. um, I spent a couple of frustrating days. I mean, actually, if you download the source code, all of the examples that come with it work straight away. It's really good. They all compile really well. But as soon as you get one of the um, Mm add-ons, it's sometimes, well for me, it was a little bit tricky for me to get them to compile. Um, And I'm not always sure why part of it was perhaps an unfamiliarity with Xcode. Part of it was sometimes the libraries were made for older versions of open frameworks. Right.
0: And I haven't um, been
1: updated. Yeah, or maybe I, I mean there's this kind of bleeding edge version of open frameworks in the in GitHub and then there's like a stable release or semi stable. Right, right, right. I think they're still I think they're at point zero six two or something, so they're still not even in into like tenths right. of a number yet. They're still keeping their options open in terms of whether it's an alpha or a beta or whatever. Um but once I got past that and I found a really good library as well, um, Memo, uh, I think his real name is Memet. Memet. I don't know how to say his name at all but we'll link to him really good guy does loads of um add-ons for open frameworks um but his gui uh, he's got a simple gui um add-on which i think was started by todd vandalin but it's really right. really nice you can just make all these sliders and it automatically saves all the settings out to an xml file so right. it's just a really, really nice way of making a load of 2D um, components, really, really, and just adjusting all your settings with that. So really good. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I had to get it dual screen, right? Because it, I had to get my controls on one screen and the projector on another. And I found that as soon as I did that, I just lost my frame rate. It was down to 10 or 15 frames a second. No, and really. Um, and I couldn't quite figure out why, so I was adjusting things. And then I found out that maybe if I use the native, like, Memit also had done a an, uh, Cocoa add-on, which apparently used, like, the Cocoa sp- screen-spanning system built into Max which was faster. I just couldn't get that to compile at all, though. I don't know why I still haven't worked that out. But in the end, I realized that it was to do with the vertical syncing. Right. And if there's an option in open frameworks to sync it up to your monitors, so that the refresh rate doesn't go faster than the than the ver- you know the refresh rate of your monitor, yeah. and if you're spanning across two. Um, two monitors then it kind of gets confused and tries to find the nearest frame rate of both and as soon as i turned that off my frame rate went back up to 60 again oh great so i was really pleased i was really stressed about that for a little while
0: is that someone was talking about that in relation to flash recently is it called v-sync or something uh blank is what I used I to know, know it as in C on the Amiga. I don't I don't really understand it because I'm from a world of like where those kinds of things are all managed for me. But what sure. basically it's like it, it it only renders or it renders in such a way as you don't you know it never tears right basically yeah that's right so so that you never have half you never have half rendered from like one buffer and then half from the next basically
1: yeah so i mean when i remember from my old days of c coding on the amiga You know, the V blank would be the event, that little bit of blank processor time when the screen had finished rendering. So it would wait till the, because, you know, the the screen was updated in scan lines. So when it got Mm. to the bottom of that screen, then it would, this V blank event would fire and then you'd run all your code that updated the screen in that. That's how it used to work. So I'm assuming it's kind of something similar now. And that's quite an important thing to say about open frameworks because with all this compiler stuff, it's really complicated and it's not that accessible. No. Especially if you compare it to something like processing. Um But then you sort of realize that when you realize what it's enabling you to do, in other words, you are now making low level C++ apps that run OpenGL Mm. at like pretty low level. and It wraps OpenGL so you don't really have to worry about quads and triangles. You can just make some particles. And sure. once you, once you realise all of those things that it does for you and what the alternatives would be, in other words, you'd have to learn all that low-level stuff yourself, Is at that point that you realise how good it is and how much it, how much time it saves you.
0: Sure. Yeah, well, I look very much look forward as well to having someone on to talk more about that as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really exciting project and,
1: yeah, it'd be good to see. I mean, just to have to look at what people are doing with it, it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, learning C++ is definitely one of my things on my kind of bucket list. I feel really proud that I've got through a whole project on it. Yeah, that's great. Actually, I feel I
1: really like C++ because it's kind of, I haven't done any sort of C-based stuff for quite a few years. Um, But I guess just things came back from my old days of Amiga programming and a sort of instinctive (laughs) understanding of pointers and memory allocation and things. Yeah. I didn't specifically remember exactly what was going on. I think it was all sort of there in my subconscious.
0: Mm, That's great. You never know when things will come in useful again all these years (laughs) later, I suppose. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. Okay, so what else have we got on the agenda? Um, Isn't there some new Adobe stuff? Yeah, let's talk about that. So basically, Adobe have announced or released, or announced that they are going to release very soon, Adobe CS 5.5. 5.5. Creative Suite 5.5, which is basically a major update to Create a suite. You have to pay for it, which has surprised a lot of people. <laughs> you gotta pay included. for it? What the hell? Well, yeah, because what
1: are these guys playing at? You've got to pay for stuff
0: that they make. Well, they just... it's five point five, so it's like, well, I've already paid for five, so <laughs> it's a tricky one. When if they just called it six, no one would have said anything. It's like, yeah. okay, it's six it's a new version, maybe not that many new features, but fine. But
1: I thought that but not all the apps were updated. Like, yeah, that's Fo- true as I think well.
0: Photoshop hasn't been yeah. updated, right? Yeah. Is that right? Photoshop, I think, um, and some other ones as well. Yeah, maybe. Mm. So that's right. So I think it's focused on publishing or something. So so, like publishing ebooks, publishing to, to devices like Android and iPads and such.
1: Yeah, so they've upgraded their iOS packager, right?
0: Yeah, so it's a lot better now, apparently. That's
1: what I hear. I mean, certainly it, I was quite impressed by how fast some of those Flex components ran on the iPhone when I saw a demo. Yeah, is that is that Hero? Yeah, Flex I think fall. so. That sounds right. And I was extremely sceptical about whether that would be any good. I haven't really had a proper chance to play with it at all, but at least on a first glance at Adobe LED demos, it, <laughs> it looked kind of not as bad as I thought it would be.
0: It's funny that they've rebuilt Flex to make it fast, and it's like, well, why didn't you just build it fast in the first place?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they've made it fast. I just think they've optimised it for devices. So I think they're probably doing a lot of stuff with a, um, bitmap caching and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but that will also make it faster on Windows or Mac yeah, in yeah. a browser. Yeah, so yeah they no, of course. Just, so basically it's saying we could have made it faster a lot.
1: Yeah, but I think... I'm not sure how much of the sort of underlying clunky architecture they've changed or fixed. I think they've just kind of
0: <laughs> Right. But, I mean, one thing is that, like, iPhones are faster now as well, aren't they? That's very true. So it's like someone was tweeting, like, oh, you know, Box2D runs great on the iPad now mm. or whatever. It's like, well...
1: Yeah, no. I saw Lee Brimlow
0: tweet that. It's like, yeah, the iPad's like not a bad spec, so I'm like just it wondering
1: should. if if Lee was testing that on his iPad two or iPad one. Well, even
0: if it's the iPad one, the iPad one is is the same as the iPhone four, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it in is in terms
0: of processor.
1: And and I think it it's got a lower resolution as well, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. So yeah.
1: So it should run faster.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to see. Um, have you been seeing this guy uh, Woven Charlie mm. on Twitter? I think I follow him. Yeah, he's he did a video where he's kind of showing his game comb over Charlie, which is like a little thing with a fish running on lots of different devices.
1: Yeah, I did see that.
0: It's quite cool. It's like a pretty basic game, but it kind of proves the mm. it's a proof of concept that, you know, you can do this stuff with Flash. You can do so it yeah, cool. you can it's
1: getting to the point, presumably, where simple stuff does work now, whereas yeah, in the last exactly. release it just didn't really didn't, work at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably don't think I'm going to bother buying this upgrade. No, because I think well, I've got I've got like web web premium or yeah. what's it called? Yeah, I don't know there pre- is
1: web premium, isn't there? Yeah,
0: oh, that's the one I've got. So yeah. if I get it, I have to upgrade the whole suite, right? Whereas actually, I just want Flash, yeah. and it's probably be like a couple of hundred quid you using just, the classic, using the brilliant dollar to pound conversion of change the change the symbol yes from but, a dollar sign to a pound sign and keep all um, the numbers. But you the same. can just
1: upgrade Flash by itself,
0: can't you? I I think if you have a suite, you have to upgrade the whole suite at once. Really? There isn't any UK prices for anyone yet, so I don't know. The new features for Flash do look really good. Like, there's um, basically it caches all your assets when you compile from the, the IDE. Right. So it never recompresses your audio or images that it shouldn't do anyway. But it's like, <laughs> for me, I don't think I should have to pay for that because I thought of that idea myself about four years ago. <laughs> they could have added it at any time. Yeah, that's kind of... That's like an improvement to your product. That's not a feature. So I don't really think that I should pay for that.
1: That's not even like... A, I mean, I don't even see that as an improvement. I just see that as lazy coding the first time around. Yeah, I absolutely yeah? agree. It's like they couldn't be bothered to save all these programmers... <laughs> (laughs) like just imagine all the minutes of extra compilation time that this not being there has called and then suddenly they're like i know let's just pre-compile it and use that stuff instead it's like let's charge some more for it
0: (laughs) but i mean one thing is i think this release is kind of the result of the do you remember that ask adobe or tell adobe site back in the day Vaguely. There was some kind of voting site where it was like you could slag off Adobe. and <laughs> I think a lot of these features come from that kind of consultation process. Sure. Which is good. At least they're actually listening.
1: Yeah, no, that but, is
0: good. But I mean, I'd like a refund on like all the features that didn't work from, from CS5, yeah. <laughs> like uh, the deco brush and like the bones tool. Um, and then the thing where you're supposed to be able to have like an uncompressed XML-based FLA. Yeah. Except if you actually try and use it and like check it into version control or anything, it, it, it still completely breaks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 So what about if new... I get a refund for those features, then I can use that to pay for the new ones. I, I'll, I'm going to see them in San Francisco. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll
1: mention it. Yeah.
0: It's funny, uh, I, I've, I, I was pitching about this on Twitter and like Chris Pelser, is that his name? Yeah. He's a good guy, but he was on to me right away. Way, like what? oh yeah, why don't you update upgrade your cu- customers' products for free or something? Yeah, it's just like, well he works for Adobe now. <laughs> yeah, He's I a know. Good friend like, of shut mine. up! If if, I, if my customers say something about me, I don't like say snarky comments back about them on Twitter. <laughs> you don't bitch about your clients no, on Twitter, no. Don't so you? I don't think mm, the metaphor okay, works. Weird. Yeah, no. But I mean, it's good stuff. I just don't know whether I want to pay for it. Um, it seems it's like this is what this is kind of what I would have liked CS5 to look like. To be honest,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: fair point. I'll probably wait for CS6. Considering I use CS4 at the moment most of the time anyway. Yeah. Because if I use CS5 when I switch with other people if they don't have CS5, I have to go save as every time and I can't just hit control S.
1: That's blatantly a feature that they've put in. It's it's a feature that annoys you in It's so upgrading. annoying.
0: It's just like let it be a cs4 document and let me yeah. every time i save it save it as cs4 yeah. that's so easy maybe yeah. i maybe that'll be the upgrade maybe that'll be flash cs6 but that's i mean that's the, one of those be...
1: <laughs> that's clearly one of those decisions in usability that hasn't come from the people making the software that's come from the business right no because they you think that no i mean it's definitely a business decision to do that to annoy you into upgrading everyone's copy of the software
0: I'm not that cynical. I just think
1: it's an oversight. No, I don't think that's an oversight. I'll have a word. I'm going in in two weeks to Adobe. (laughs) I'll go and meet the Flash guys. I'll ask them directly. I'll say, whose idea was this? And then I'll see what they say.
0: Cool. Well, so on the Flash side, there's some more player features as well. There's um, that have been announced like uh, kind of a a workers type thing, like a a bit like web workers. Really? Yeah. On the Flash
1: player. What Flash player version?
0: Next version okay future versions well
1: because that was what jim was talking about a couple
0: of episodes ago yep so that's officially announced now okay so that's coming so basically you'll be able to say do this thing that takes ages don't lock up my like do it on another core or another thread don't lock up the the frame rate of the movie or yeah. like the ui thread I'm, 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 then always when it's finished, when I'm it's surprised. when it's finished just issue a callback Sure. So, which is good because it's like, it allows you to do concurrency, but in a way that we will understand, because it's just like making a web call or whatever, where you just say, because we're used to kind of an event-driven model in Flash and, you know, the web, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems like a smart implementation, but I'm always surprised at how, how desperately the Flash coders really want threads, and I, I must admit it's not really something <laughs> I've ever noticed. Ever needing. Uh, I've
0: needed it about once. Maybe I just came up with
1: a different. I mean, you can sort of fake if in the rare co- occasions when you need that, you can just sort of recreate that functionality in a different way, right?
0: It's really annoying to do that, though. It is a bit annoying, you're right. You just want to write one function. Like yeah. for example, if you write a function and you don't know how long it'll take before you write it, and then you find out it takes like six seconds and it locks up.
1: Yeah, and know, then you move it, all. and it
0: well, and you, and it crashes, flash, and blah blah yeah.
1: blah. No, fair enough. so the other interesting thing though about this announcement is that um their their new pricing you know you can buy it by the month now right oh yeah yeah i saw that yeah i mean i think that's really interesting and actually it's something i've been on about for a little while i didn't think that adobe would ever do it to be honest um but now they have done it i'm a bit confused by the pricing i saw different things on uh different people tweet different things like i think david arno wrote a blog post about it if i remember correctly that said it would be be like $150 a month or something but then I saw a RAL tweet that it'd be like 200 pounds a month so I'm not exactly sure what the score is that is. It depends
0: is. On what you want though doesn't it there's master collection there's mm. you could just get just flash or photoshop or whatever or you could get right?
1: I don't know. I suppose we should have looked that up before we started talking well, about there's it. Well, no,
0: the thing is, there's no UK or euro prices anyway, so I'm not so interested. All if they're, if anyway. they're just, like, ignoring half the world, they can wait to get discussed on this podcast. Well,
1: yeah, we'll talk about it when, when they've when they woken up to the fact that there are people outside their country.
0: It's unbelievable. I mean, I absolutely find it shocking the way that some companies like act as if, it, you know, there's not a global kind of market for everything now. Yeah, I'm shocked and saddened by it. Sure. Like if you, I like things like just Dropbox. It's just like it's Dropbox.com. It's one price. It's in dollars. Everyone pays the same. Boom. It's
1: free for like two gigs, which is quite good. It's quite <laughs> easy to use, and two gigs is is alright for most of your stuff. And then, and then when you run out of space, you're like, I don't mind giving them some money now because they've given me this cool stuff for so long, and it worked yeah. so well.
0: Yeah, all companies should be like Dropbox. <laughs> um what else is we're talking about yeah so there were other f- new features as well though coming like they did say something about a hardware renderer or a hardware based renderer which we talked about before it's not exactly the thing we were talking about uh a hardware renderer for what yeah. flash yeah
1: i oh, well, like a 2d one
0: well, yeah so it will basically do the it will do the um there's a diagram which explains it quite well but basically it will do the blitting still on hardware, so that's the same, which is like yeah. rendering the vector graphics. But the compositing, mm-hmm. which I guess is the dirty wrecks and the sticking it all together stuff, they're gonna yeah. try and do that on hardware. So okay. which is cool. So it's basically gonna make our two D stuff run faster. I imagine so. Or it could be slower, but yeah. <laughs> the idea is yeah, to make two D graphics run faster. To make the whole thing run faster, basically. Okay. Which is A. And I think it might that might already be used on the iPad and maybe that's why it's fast got sure. faster now or something. So yeah. Busy Beavers. What about um, other technologies? Because we don't want to be a Flash thing, nah. do we? I've been doing lots of JavaScript. Yeah. So is last there, week... Is there any news in, like, the browser world or the um or the Well, HTML... there was IE10 that was yeah.
1: released yesterday mm. or announced yesterday. I don't know if it was yeah, released. Yeah, not
0: released. Not released, no. they've only just released IE9. It was
1: announced, and I didn't really pay attention to any of it, except that they're not implementing WebGL. No. Well, of
0: not course not. Not that I really
1: expected them to. No.
0: But what about the other things that uh, people say are missing, like the input forms? I know that's a really big issue, right?
1: Oh, the new HTML file. Because HTML5
0: supports things like a name, and email field that have a specific meaning, right? Right. Um, And then... I'm in ignorance corner already, but I feel I feel like I'm on firmly firm ground. So basically, like there is an idea of like an email field or a name field, and then semantically, the browser can know what that is and do things with it. And all the browsers support this, apart from IE9 didn't support it. Right. So maybe they added that, did they? I don't know. I'm not that excited about
1: HTML form elements. (laughs)
0: <laughs> see that that's the kind of thing that does excite me about really you get ex- about excited web by a form element yeah because for me like web stuff is completely a different outside of the creative coding stuff it's just a different thing yeah and it's like i want websites to work properly yeah and yeah, all the definitely. things that people hate about flash websites i completely agree with yeah and i want the web the boring web to be a really nicely working thing and i think yeah. it needs all this stuff to work right yeah definitely yeah no, like having right. chrome for me makes the web just 10 times better like it always remembers all my passwords and things like that and it just does loads of clever stuff mm. I've um, got got this plugin called Tea and Kittens as well for Chrome. Tea and Kittens. Yeah, every time I try and look at the Daily Mail, it uh, won't let me. It shows me a page of a picture of Tea and Kittens. (laughs) Is that to try and reduce your stress levels? It's really helped, like, a lot because well, you just know that like you can't look at the daily mail you can never read it
1: yeah so should we maybe explain to our non uk <laughs> listeners what the hell the daily mail is
0: people people in other countries know about the daily mail though because really? of how yeah they do because like of how just th- how ridiculous their stories are basically yeah yeah they they the daily mail do find some good stories like but they combine it with making up stuff hitler stories uh hitler ufo stories like but they, it's really? like they claim... The Daily Mail the, talk about Hitler and UFOs. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Daily Mail will, ha- like, a typical front page will be, like, some serious stories about, like, paedophiles combined yeah. with, like, a royal story, um, a photo of, like, a girl on the beach, like, her body, you know, some celebrity's bikini body, and then a story about, like, Hitler's henchmen and how they were building UFOs. Yeah. I
1: just thought they were famous for, like, obliquely racist articles about um, immigration levels and stuff like that. Mm.
0: No, it goes beyond that. It's oh, okay. also like pseudoscience, like making up stories, <laughs> no. bad journalism. Yeah, it's even worse <laughs> than you think, Seb. Yeah. See, I but don't yeah. need
1: the plugin. I never go there anyway. I mean,
0: they also like. Uh, why not just worth. not
1: click on the website? Why do, why do you need a plugin? Do you do, you do it by accident?
0: No. When you don't. see Twitter links, I need you just it. go... I need, a pl- I need the plugin. You need it. Because Forget sometimes it. it's like, if you've got five minutes, it's like, what will get, what'll get me riled up? I know. <laughs> I'll go on the Daily Mail. Yes. Yeah. So um, in terms of what,
1: uh, yeah, I've been looking at, um, I was looking at JavaScript multi-touch events. Right. So I figured out how to get that working, and I've made a little example of, like, you know Geometry Wars on the iPad? Have you seen that, how that works? No. It, it has these sort of soft uh, analog controllers. So wherever yeah. you thumb down, that becomes the center point, and then you yeah. can move around to fly around. Yeah. And I basically recreated that in JavaScript,
0: which was yeah. pretty fun. Well, that's the only way to do it, really, isn't it? Um,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: I'm not... Well, that's the best way to do it.
1: I mean, that's... The... I think if you need an analogue joystick, that's the best way. Well, because some not people sure. do it where there's
0: like a fixed one.
1: Yeah, which is no good for analogue because you have to look down. I'm wondering if for a switched um, model, it might be better to have fixed areas. I- I'm not sure.
0: But can't you just... If you want fixed, can't you just put your thumb in the bottom left corner where the fixed one would be? Yeah, Um, I mean, if I wanted a switched model, yeah, then
1: I'd have, if I wanted to go left, I'd have to thumb in the middle and then move left. Whereas if I just have massive left and right buttons, I could just move my thumb in one of those two rough places. Well, touch
0: screens know. are just a really bad control... They're st- pretty, input they're pretty hard to get to work for
1: games, aren't it's they, like, really?
0: Well, you have to really rethink what a game is yeah, and you end yeah, up with totally. um, stuff like Angry Birds instead of stuff like Mega <laughs> yeah, Man. Yeah. But there's lots of people that would rather be playing Mega Man. And, yeah, there isn't a way of doing a really nice, like twitch input like platform game say input but is there
1: no you're right you have to rethink stuff which is kind of why having stuff on the web and then just expecting it to work on devices is kind of a bit of a a myth right like we've said before all our flash games
0: you can't really play on on android anyway Mm. because of the key controls well i mean one thing i did on owlspin was that i added mouse input Mm. so that basically you can click and drag with the mouse and, and the owl follows it. it the owl will, will move in that direction. And but I, wouldn't the that reason be easier? It, huh? It's, it's easier harder. No, it's it's harder. harder. It's harder. Yeah. Because well, basically, I had to to make it fair. I had to make it so that it couldn't do anything that the keyboard controls couldn't do. Well, no, in fact, I did. No, I did. I do let it. I do let it go in any direction. Mm. But what I didn't do was give you analog control. Sure. Because that would have been a really massive advantage. Really? For yeah, because you'd be able to like the owl moves at a certain speed, and so if, if I you let could you, slow it if down, I, if be I easier. just let you move at, like uh, you know a quarter Slower. of the speed, it would just break the whole game basically. Because it would be too, it would be, it would ruin all my level design and everything because it'd be so easy to just do it all slowly. Yeah. Um. So I do I do like enforce a minimum speed. It's like you're either you're either moving or you're not moving. Sure. But the reason I did it was not really to support mouse so much as to support, uh, you know, Android and stuff in if, if touch people want to touch screens. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that that isn't just Android. That could be like home computers and stuff, couldn't it? Yep, like Windows definitely. seven computers and I think they're all so um, yeah. That's like a future proofing decision, basically.
1: See, and that's why they should license your game. <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, it's going to be f- cool for at least five years.
0: Yeah, that is true. Good stuff. Uh, one thing we talked about offline, uh-huh. just to move on to a new topic, was... Oh, have you got anything else to say on JavaScript and stuff? Or not? Um, oh, just that um,
1: I went into Plugin Media last week right. and ran a, a hack day with the coders. Cool. And we made a platform game in a day in JavaScript. Oh, ah,
0: cool. That's cool. And did it come out good?
1: Well, you know, not bad, considering we did it in a day and we all learnt JavaScript at the same time.
0: Sure. And did you write any frameworks or anything? Um, did, it, did you use a framework? No,
1: no, I just wrote it from scratch using a fairly simple physics model that I've used a million times in platform games before. But I still cool. just rewrote it, you know, it's not that,
0: Yeah, and what about like
1: rendering and stuff like that? Well, we started off just to get it working by rendering it in the canvas. Mm. Um, but then we slowly started moving to DOM objects and moving them around um, just for performance reasons, really. Yeah. Then... Um, then we had to implement a sort of animation object that ran a sprite sheet yeah so yeah it's so it's still not quite finished but we're um we're going to have it so that there's a canvas in the background with the level graphics and everything moving is a dom object and yeah. that way it runs really fast on
0: iOS oh that's weird so can you so canvas with dom over the top yeah and that, does that work? Yeah. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, yeah you
1: can layer things up. In fact, often yeah, it's a good idea to have multiple canvases. Rather than redrawing an entire background, every frame, you could just have a little canvas with your
0: player on top. That's weird. See, once I think about that, my mental model of canvas just breaks down. Yeah, because in my mental model of canvas is like it's a blitter, it's a virtual a machine, basically. Huh? Yeah. it's
1: a big bitmap. But then I, you know, I want to get some parallax layers running just by you making big divs with scrolling backgrounds in, all layered on top of each other.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that'll work, won't it?
1: Probably be the fastest way of doing it, I would thought. Yeah. I'll do that next week. But I'll post up my dual controller thing as well at some point on my blog, and also plug in are going to be blogging the hack day, so. Cool. Hopefully that will be out by the time this is published.
0: Good stuff. So you Um, wanted
1: to talk about something new?
0: Yeah, just one last thing, because I've got to wrap up now. That's okay. um, It was just going to be a short one, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, we talked about offline about uh, Unreal Development Kit just briefly, didn't we? Do you remember? And I just thought it would be worth because we never talked about it on the show. UDK. UDK, yeah. I don't know anything about it. Do you know lots about it? I just know the the top-level stuff, but uh, we talked before about Unity 3D a few times, and this is kind of an alternative that uses the Unreal Engine, which is the same engine that powers Gears of War and such things. It's kind of one of the most powerful game engines in the world, if not the the Premiere game engine. Yeah. Um. So what is it? It currently publishes to iPhone, iPad, an iPod and PC. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, right. so recently they changed their... They used to have not such a great licensing model mm. um, because you had to pay them a, a, a cut right from the start. Yeah. And it Didn't was quite they a big it,
1: cut. They've put it now to a limit, right? Where you only pay yeah. over a certain so amount. So
0: the limit is $50,000. So not until your game, or, or, or I think it's all your games that use this, uh, all the games that use UDK, basically. Once sure. they earn $50,000, then you have to pay them a royalty, which Sounds is brilliant. 25% low of all your profits. Oh. Of but all then your... you've
1: made 50 grand. You don't care.
0: You've made fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. You've made twenty five pounds or euro thousand pounds or euros. And if you're a team But yeah. I mean if you think about it, the App Store so basically the App Store's gonna be taking half your money. No, they take thirty percent.
1: Yeah. Is that after Apple?
0: No, that's what I'm saying. Apple is taking thirty percent, right?
1: And then they take twenty five percent. And then these guys are going to take another,
0: yeah. (laughs) So you're going to lose about fifty percent of your revenue. But by that time, that's fine because without those two things, you wouldn't have a distribution platform, and you wouldn't wouldn't have have any sales,
1: would you?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I mean, I don't think that's a huge deal. You still get half your sales. That's as much as anyone gets in, like when they sell something in a shop.
1: Was it Unreal who recently said they were giving up on Android?
0: Well, they said they're not going to do it, basically. They're not going to release UDK for Android because the Android, I think because of Android, uh, what's the word, specs are so different or, you know, um, fragmentation becomes a bit of a problem.
1: But Unity target Android, right? They do, yeah. Yeah,
0: but although I do hear that
1: that's quite difficult. I haven't tried it, but I've just heard mutterings from my friends that work with that, that it's not that, well, there's some issues to get around, so I hear.
0: Yeah, Corona do as well, but... So I'm not. I, I can't really speak for iOS stuff. I mean, if I was making an iOS game, yeah, I'd love to make it in UDK. There's yeah. something about UDK which, to me, is more glamorous than Unity Three D. Right? Is it just because it's more famous, or uh, because
1: they did that really cool demo
0: with the there's castle like and stuff? Metallic skin and stuff and bullets yeah. bouncing off. Yeah, it's all that stuff.
1: Well, <laughs> are you gonna go? Are you gonna download it and give it a try?
0: I shouldn't really do stuff like that anymore, to be honest. Why not? That is how basically all my all my productivity gets eaten up. Because I go, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend two days, <laughs> two days mucking about with the UDK. That's like well, you that's can two make
1: days. Owl spin 3D.
0: I know I could, but it's like yeah. it's like you know for me there's a bit of a i'm hitting a bit of a point where it's like i kind of just spend want to spend maybe a year or so making flash games yeah and not what thinking about other technologies too much because they distract you <laughs> they stop you actually getting stuff out the door mm. so i want to get a few more examples of like finished games really yeah. together so that when i look back at my career it's like not a set of experiments it's like i've some made finished some products. games that people liked it that's yeah, probably exactly. a good idea yeah. I mean, I'm the opposite. But yeah, I'm... I would love to have the time to get into things real. But then once you get into like 3D games as well, you've got to get, you know, you need like to get into 3D art pipelines and all that stuff, and it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Then you've got to buy, you've got to buy a copy of Max or <laughs> or Maya, and yeah, there's another three grand down the toilet. And... Yeah,
1: it's um, it's more difficult making 3D games, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So yes. should we wrap it up for today?
0: Let's wrap up there. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: um, what have you got coming up? Anything?
0: No, not that I can think of, just the usual stuff. But yeah, though.
1: I'm going to America for three months. I'm going to San Francisco. I'm doing some training there, then Toronto, then um, meeting Jenny in Toronto. Jenny's my wife, by the way, and (laughs) uh, staying in New York for a couple
0: of months. Cool. Running... And is this a is this like a fully self-initiated?
1: Self-initi- yeah, I'm just doing it for to see what it's like to live in New York, really. Um, and I'm running some workshops in San Francisco and New York. My New York workshop sold out in a day.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, so I'm really so gonna, pleased. By can that. you put on a second date or not? <laughs>
1: Might do thinking about it, um, but I'm also doing Kansas City and that hasn't started selling yet, so maybe I'll wait till that sells. That's going to be part of the um D2W conference, the, the designer developer workflow, right? Which is a nice conference in Kansas, cool Kansas City, I should say. I believe there's a difference. I mean,
0: the, America's so big, like you could take your training on tour like <laughs> forever, basically, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, although,
0: um, like Ozzy Osbourne. Or the Rolling Stones.
1: But it's like in New York, I know loads of people and I'm pretty well connected. And that's why my training sold out really quick. But in San Francisco, it didn't sell out yet. It's still like a few seats left. So it's like, I don't know. I think you'd need to really get to know
0: every single part. (laughs) I don't know how realistic that is. Maybe. Or you need to know, find people in one place that know people in the other place to help you set up.
1: Maybe. I think I'm all right with just a couple of places. Can't go crazy. So that's good. So I'm going in a couple of weeks so uh, great Great, okay, we're gonna have to record from out there
0: yeah i was gonna say we still do the <laughs> podcast
1: yeah we'll still do it hopefully i'll be able to meet up with loads of interesting people to rope in great at the various conferences and stuff
0: i look forward to it cool should we call that a, a show then yep let's wrap it up thanks everyone for listening thank you again uh don't forget to uh, floss <laughs> don't forget to floss yeah, I was going to say like review, but we're always pimping ourselves we're always so pimping. Yeah, Don't don't, don't feel that you have to
1: review. You know what? If you enjoyed it, let's just leave it at that. That's fine. You can have just enjoyed no. it.
0: You don't. We don't no, expect not, anything from you. We, we do. If our numbers don't go up for each episode, <laughs> we feel really really bad. Yeah, we're, we'll just stop. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're fame hungry.
1: <laughs> but thanks everyone for listening. Thanks. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's all right. How do I turn this thing off?